The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Fantasy Football Today. Yeah, we're recording on Thursday afternoon, but it feels like a Friday. At least to me, it does. And we welcome you to the show. It's uh, I, I think we maybe should start doing top five Fridays with a random top five every week. And it came down to a few good candidates. I wanted, to, I kind of wanted to do top five stadiums, but that one didn't win. So instead, top five one-hour TV dramas today. In addition, your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and your questions via Apple Podcast Review. What's going on, Dave, Heath, and Ben? Somebody talk. Great hosting. The weekend, baby. <laughs> really good hosting. <laughs> all of us can talk at the same time. That's perfect. I thought you guys were all going to just be silent with me. I was hoping yeah. for it. Um, the, the time to be silent is after Adam making a joke, no matter how yeah. good or how bad the joke is. That's that's basically been what we've been doing for the last I somehow always 10 years of this Adam's podcast. Ben, well, you got to stop. And that way, you, yeah. you give the old deadpan, and and uh, it, it, it's funny. Like, the whole top five stadiums thing really threw me off. Like, have you guys been to five NFL stadiums? So yes. nope. I asked someone to come on the show. I won't say who. I said, hey, any interest? Or what is your interest level of coming on our podcast this afternoon to give your top five NFL stadiums of all time? We're recording around 3.30. You can just do the stadium rankings and be done. And he wrote, none, off. So <laughs> sounds like sounds like uh, someone who I should get a drink. I've I been to a few baseball <laughs> yes. stadiums. I went to Camden Yards. That was a very cool stadium. Yes, that's a fun stadium. I've been uh, to a lot of baseball. Yeah, yeah, I've been to a lot of them. I've been to okay. The so what could the top Angels. five stadiums include baseball? Yeah, I didn't think it had to be just football stadiums. For the record, it would be zero football stadiums in that case because like baseball stadiums have character and are different and interesting. You know, Heath, you live very, very close to one of the best football stadiums. Hard Rock Stadium is awesome now. It went from being the worst stadium I've ever been to, one of the worst, to one of the best stadiums I've ever been to. I just wow. wanna... what, do you, what is your over-under for the number of times I am going to go to Hard Rock Stadium in my life? One. Well, the half. fact that you didn't go for the Super Bowl <laughs> when your team was playing there leads me to believe the over-under is like 0.5. Five. I'd put it at zero point five. That's a great stadium, though. Uh, all right, guys, let's it get is. let's it get is. started here. Um, they, you know, they did some renovations and it's really awesome. So yep. you can go. Great. Uh, the Hall of Fame game is canceled. I don't think you have to. 
I don't think it just means like they're not going to play the season mm-hmm. or anything. Don't panic. It's just, <laughs> I do it's think though a good time for another over under. Like, what's if I set the over under on number of preseason games each team plays at two and a half? Would you take the over or the under right now? I would take, I take the under. Yeah, I think they've pretty much been talking somewhat openly two. about playing two games. Yeah. So I take so the under. that has a definite effect on the rookies, right? Oh yeah, it has a lot of effect on the depth. I mean, it's to me this Hall of Fame game is is so clearly ex- exactly that, right? Like it used to always just be all the the deep teams and, and the people, the teams that pl- the deep players and the teams that play them play five preseason games, right? So it's like it's totally that fifty third to ninetieth man on the roster, and they're I don't even think they're at ninety man cutdowns at that point, or maybe they are, but. Um, you have all these really, you know, unknowns and those guys aren't going to get any reps. They're not going to get any chance to make teams. Well, or the teams might say, well, we know what we've got in our veterans. Let's let them rest and we'll put our second and third stringers out there for the preseason games. Maybe, but I think you want to be tuned up, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I, each team's different. You know, like the the Rams and the bears last year didn't really play their starters very much. I don't think the Rams look how the- that worked out. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, they were but, so I mean, good. They didn't Patrick Mahomes play in the preseason last year. I, I went to one game where he played, I think it was two series against the Steelers, and he was out of there. And maybe yeah, the, the elite game, elite might not play. Second quarter. Yeah. So, so maybe the veterans play one game and the, the third stringers play the other. Yeah, look, you don't need it in college football. I don't I don't know why you need four preseason games in the NFL. I think it's partially to get people to buy more. To the season ticket holders have to buy the games, right? That's it's it. it's a scam. Uh, That's it. Right? Okay. Odell Beckham fully recovered from hip and groin surgery. He's a, not controversial, but a polarizing player in fantasy. He played through the injury all season long, and he's 100% now. So I know you, uh, we're a little split on Beckham here. Let's do some rankings. Let's do Odell Beckham, A.J. Brown, and Adam Thielen. How would you rank those three? Beckham uh, is a player that I am am getting a lot more excited about and is somebody that I'm strongly questioning uh, vis-a-vis A.J. Brown. And I, I have them actually 12-13 right now. I still have Brown ahead, and I still typically take Brown ahead of Beckham, but I can very much see the case for taking Beckham ahead of Brown, both from my my favorite way of looking at it from the upside perspective and also you know floor and everything else. and. I would take those two over Thielen. I got Thielen at the top of the list in PPR. I think he'll get the most targets. And I have Brown next because I think he's got more upside than Odell. Yeah, Thielen, Beckham, Brown. I Somebody made the point on Twitter today, and I hadn't really thought about this, that um, Beckham's most likely to be in the role that we saw Stephon Diggs in Diggs. last year. Mm. Yeah. And that's a pretty exciting role for a player with Odell Beckham's skill set. Like he can, the the whole drop in targets thing, which is likely to happen, I think, with Stefanski, is not near as scary if he has a chance to average 17 yards per catch. And I think he does. The issue is just that, you know, Diggs only saw 94 targets. If they're good and they run the ball and they control games and they have so many short and intermediate targets you know you think about it from the depth perspective that i always talk about i think it fits as well landry and hooper and and joku is you know a little bit more of a field striking tight uh, stretching tight end but he's obviously not a huge piece 
Kareem Hunt, all these guys are underneath options. And and Landry's ADOT's been a little higher with the Browns for a couple of years, but certainly the addition of Hooper adds so much more to their to their short area depth that it, it's just hard to see Beckham seeing, you know, monster targets. Well, just want to tell you what we have coming up for you next week. Five shows. I, I'm determined. We're going to do some top fives next week for sure. Uh, Dave came up with some really good ones, so they'll be uh, on the schedule for next week. Hopefully Dave will be on next week. He might not be, but you'll get some combination, right? Uh, you will, by the way, we'll, we'll have an intro at some point that has Ben's name in it. I promise. I've been working on that for like a month and a half. I'm waiting on it. Uh, but Mock Draft Monday and then uh, some top fives. <laughs> Sign up for the uh, for the newsletter, cbssports.com slash newsletter. Stay up to date with fantasy football content all offseason long. News of the day, editorial pieces, updated rankings, and more. Go to cbssports.com slash newsletter, and you'll see we have a bunch of newsletters that you can subscribe to. And obviously, it's free right to your inbox and really good way to stay up to date. Big, big news today. Breaking news coming across the wire, ladies and gentlemen. It's Ben Gretsch's birthday. Happy birthday, Ben Gretsch. Can we circle back to how random that was that you had to announce that? Because it's funny. You texted me the other day. Hey, man, I, I tried to get it going You know, earlier this offseason. It hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> oh, the um, intro thing? To get you on the thing. But like, I, I guess we've been getting listener emails about it or something well you're part of the team and you deserve to be in the intro I, i've tried to make that happen for a while i'm waiting and waiting uh it's gonna happen and yes people have asked me hey when are you gonna get ben's name in the email so in the intro so happy birthday ben so here's the game we're gonna play real quick ben played 18 holes today everybody guess what he shot thursday so everyone's gonna hear this friday but yeah it was my birthday yesterday don't wish me happy birthday i'm old <laughs> You're the youngest um, one on the show. How many rounds of golf have you played um, in the last year? This was my fifth round in 2020, and I always put the clubs away come August because okay. football season. Um, so it's been, yeah. We're doing, are we doing closest to without going over or just yeah, closest? closest to the pin? This is a good idea. Yeah, we, we even have the. But without going over. I, I no, you no, no just closest to the pin. I'm so okay. bad at this. I'm, I'm going to say it even 100. I was going to say uh, 90. I was going to say 97. Oh, sorry, Ben. Azer wins. Yay, I shot a 99 today. It was my probably my worst score of my five rounds. One round was a, a scramble. Another one I shot 100, but at a U.S. Open course, Chambers Bay up here. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't score very well at all. But I made two birdies and still shot a 99 somehow. It was a rough day. That's uh sounds like a fun birthday. I hope you have a good time tonight, good time this weekend, and happy birthday, man. You'll be in the intro. Keith, I appreciate the confidence with the 90, and I wish I could have played better, and you could have been right. You know, I, if you play 10 times a year and you're any good at all, I figure that's a good guess, and you might shoot a couple. Like 95 probably would have been a safer guess. But My last full round where I didn't do a scramble, I shot a 93, so you would have won on, on that number. Okay, now I have to Google what a scramble is. So let's read some emails real quick. We're going to do emails. Yeah, a couple of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do emails now. Then we're going to do top five hour-long TV dramas. Then we're going to do more emails and your Apple Podcast questions. But let's get started. This is from Anthony. Hey, Peter, Ned, MJ, and Flash. Oh, that's Spider-Man, Spider-Man and, or uh, something. Okay. Peter Parker and Mary Jane is the gal in Spider-Man, right? Yeah. MJ? Okay. Well, whatever. 
I feel like Todd Gurley is coming in underrated this season. I don't understand why Melvin Gordon and Aaron Jones are going ahead of Todd Gurley. I know he was unproductive last year, but I think with the much better Falcons offensive line and a year off his bizarre injury will bring back some of his magic. Also, last year it was reported that the Falcons really wanted to run the ball a lot more, but it did not turn out well, maybe because of their running back talent in 2019. What are your thoughts? Well, it's not really a bizarre injury. He has arthritis in his knee. It's a thing that will recur and continue to recur and probably shorten his career. Um, and I, I think Paul Gordon and Todd Gurley are like back-to-back in every draft, not always with Gordon going first. Like it's very, very close between those two. Yeah, I was just going to add it. It's not his injury is not dissimilar to what what essentially pushed Jay Ajayi out of the league. And Jay Ajayi was, I think, everyone thought was a fairly ta- talented running back, but he has a degenerative knee condition. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality, right? I mean, and I'm not overstating this. He's on a team that, like, even with uneven talent at running back, it just pretty much always splits touches amongst their running backs. So now, I don't. With all that being said. He was managed throughout last year, and he played most every game. I think he sat out one game last year. So I don't know if the injury concern is as big of a deal as the efficiency concern. Can he score 10 touchdowns in Atlanta? Let's start. Excuse me. Well, if you think he can score 10 touchdowns in Atlanta, then – You've got to keep him on your radar as a top 15 type of fantasy running back. If you don't think he can do it, then I think you just stay away from him. And he's being drafted close to the top 15, right? He is. But some of that has to do with the fact that there just aren't a lot of running backs that you can feel confident in as number two guys. And so people just kind of gravitate toward Gurley. They draft him and they cross their fingers. I will say I can can understand the pick. And as far as, you know, these guys that I I typically – don't love players and running backs in these range and this type of player, yada, yada, don't pay for pass production, all these things I've said. Atlanta's offense will score points, and it's going to be very concentrated. And they've typically always thrown to their backs a ton. I know Devonta Freeman has been a good pass-catching running back and a good route runner. But I think some of that goes back to the offense and goes back to the quarterback and goes back to the team passing volume. So I think Gurley should be able to rack up a decent number of receptions in this offense as well. Uh, I think they're fairly committed to him. They gave him a decent number uh, uh, guaranteed money. I think they gave him about $6 million guaranteed, even though he had some offset money from the Rams after yep. his release. Um, right about that. I think it might have been five, but. Yeah, and and he's, you know, a Georgia product. Uh, you know, he's a, a local boy. Like, I, I don't think it would be wild if they're like, hey, this is our guy. We're going we're gonna to let him be, you know, let him be the guy and, and really use him heavily because they just don't have a ton of depth. But he's right. I mean, we haven't seen that in Atlanta for a long time. Okay, next email, and thank you for the question, Anthony, is from Jacob Grant. Hey, Adam, Heath, Jamie, and Ben. Sorry, Dave, you are not allowed to answer this, apparently. Half-point PPR redraft league. (laughs) How big of a gap do you guys see between the top tier of receivers, excluding Michael Thomas, and the next tier? So how big of a gap between Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, for us, Chris Godwin, and the next tier? About um, 50 fantasy points, three three points a week. Well, that's pretty big. In PPR, I mean, it's bigger in PPR, but for like, I have Adams and Julio um, about, about 50 points higher than that next tier. 
So I have Hill and Adams in my second tier and then a gap down to Julio. I'm a little bit concerned about Julio's age and, and all those things, but I, I still think Julio is going to be very good this year. I have number four, but that's where my gap hits. And I, I, I like Hill and Adams quite a bit more than that next group. And that's why I have, you know, DJ Moore five. We were just talking about this. And again, this is PPR. I, and, I would say it's a pretty big gap. And well. as, like to illustrate how big the gap is, my difference between Chris Godwin and like number 25, Terry McLaurin, is about half of that. Interesting. All right, then. Next question from Matt. Dear, oh, D- Dave, you really were allowed to answer, but that's okay. Dear Mike, Doug, Joe, and Ron. <laughs> When you create your ranking, Mike, Doug, Joe, and Ron. Uh, Mike, Doug, Joe, and Ron. Are those Doug Williams and Joe Theismann? Are, is that? I was thinking Washington head coaches. Oh, Joe Gibbs and Ron Rivera. Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan. Who's the Doug? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's Doug from the TV show Doug. When you create your rankings using projections, how much do the projected points have to drop for you to consider a player to be in a different tier? And I put these back to back because I thought they were kind of related. For example, two receivers with one point difference would be the same tier. Two receivers with an 80 point difference would definitely be in different tiers. So, you know, how, yeah, the question is how do you separate players into tiers based on their projected fantasy points? How many fantasy points have to be between them? It's so dependent. Yeah. It's an art, not a science. Yep. Best way to put it. Okay. A little bit. I think it just really comes down to what's your expectation for the player. And once you've got that for a player, you group them with other players who have the same type of expectation, maybe within, you know, 200 yards total, a touchdown here and there between players. Like there are players in my top five that are separated by more than 10 points that I have in the same tier. But in the 30s or 40s, if there's a 10-point gap, that's a definite tier mark off. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, you know, and that's just considering the raw projection numbers. But I know Heath, for you, and especially for me, um, we also have to consider that this is a baseline projection, and there are upside and downside, and sometimes they are not symmetrical factors that we have to consider. So sometimes you have a guy who doesn't project very well, but you might have him in a higher tier because you see scenarios where his upside is a lot higher. You just can't project that like in a baseline for his team. All right. Last question before we uh, give you some TV talk. This is from Daniel in Indianapolis. Dear Marty, Wendy, Charlotte, and Jonah. Ozark. Will Ozark make the top five on anyone's list? We'll find out. Was wondering Spoiler, why yes. why the fantasy community was low, in my opinion, on Kenyon Drake. I know you guys have him around RB seven and PPR, RB eleven and non PPR. Fantasy Pros half PPR has him at RB ten after Jacobs and before Aaron Jones. I don't see why he can't be on the same level as Mixon, maybe even Dalvin Cook, especially with Hopkins spreading the field in Arizona and pulling guys out of the box. Your thoughts, guys, on Kenyon Drake? Are people too low on Kenyon Drake? I'm looking on NFC ADP. He's going eleventh overall. So, no. Um, half PPR ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator. Uh, he's going <laughs> in the third round, 28th overall. Oh. And Whoa. Fantasy Pros, I think I'm looking at non-PPR. He's going 25th or 28th overall. RB12, that's non-PPR. 
Uh, so where should Kenyon Drake go? Do you think the fan, if he's going at the end of round two, beginning of round three in a 12 team league, is that too late for Drake? I, it, I, th- I would take him a little bit higher, I think, but I think it's reasonable. I mean, he's 26 and he yeah. hasn't been ever like a fantasy stud. We're, we're projecting out a lot from the late season, um, stretch and, and I know towers, in his Arizona Cardinals team preview. And we have a lot of great team previews up on the site that we should probably plug at some point, but uh, we just released them all this. Chris week. wrote that one. Chris wrote that one. All right, one let's plug it. He... Let's plug it. Heath read Chris's story on the, <laughs> on the Arizona. I always plug Chris's stuff. Never Heath. Oh. It's running joke. He, he took Drake as his bus. We did a sleeper breakout and bus for each. We did a, a, a key quote and Heath's projections and our rankings and all the key information that you need to know about, you know, vacated opportunity, which Heath has compiled for us. A lot of great stuff in all these team previews. He picked Drake as his bus. And part of it, he pointed out that Drake, even when he was really great with Arizona late last year, it was a lot of that was two games and he had six touchdowns in two games. True. Um, and I think over 300 rushing yards in those two games and then only hit like 70 yards in one of his other, you know, seven or eight games with Arizona. We, we do know that the Arizona offense will produce running back points. So that's a good thing. Like uh, Chase Edmonds had the three touchdown game, big game in New York. And David Johnson prior to that was scoring a lot. Um, wasn't as efficient as a rusher, but was catching plenty of passes out of the backfield. The concern with Drake for me, we talked about it on the slot show was that Edmonds played out of the slot a ton. David Johnson played out of the slot a ton. Uh, and they drafted, you know, Benjamin, who has a great receiving track record out of Arizona State, and I think could could also be a pass catching back. They didn't use Drake out of the slot a ton, even though he did have a good track record as a receiver at Alabama and and at Miami as well. He he wasn't as involved as a receiver last year, so that's got to improve. I I think we've talked about how we've talked about how talent and opportunity are two different things and two different factors in fantasy football and. When it comes down to it, opportunity is more important because talented players sit on the sidelines all the time. They can't get you fantasy points unless they're on the field getting the opportunities. And I think Drake is going to be proof of opportunity being more important than talent in that he's he's the lead guy in this backfield. Last year, <laughs> I, I know Edmonds is, is going to have a role, but last year there wasn't a game. There might have been one game where a, a second running back had more than six touches for Arizona. So when they have a lead back, they have a lead back. But he, there's no doubt he's inconsistent. You talked about how Chris mentioned that there were two games where, where he was on fire. He got a third of his rushing yards on eight carries in Arizona. I mean, it, it's kind of baffling that he, he can have these big breakout runs and then he averages below four yards per carry, well below four yards per carry on his, his other runs outside of that. So there, there's a boom-bust flavor to him, but the fact that he's going to get a lot of work and it's in an offense that should be very good, that that should get fantasy managers excited. I do think he has a chance to total 1,500 yards this year. That puts him in the second tier for me. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to catch a ton of passes, but I would expect him to be pretty useful. And, you know, the Dolphins did not utilize him very much at all. There were only three games where he had 15-plus carries in Miami. He's already had four with, uh, with, with Arizona. First off, I agree with the emailer. I would take Kenyon Drake ahead of Joe Mixon. Second, I don't think Kenyon Drake is necessarily an opportunity over talent guy because I believe he's very talented in the two times that a team has treated him like anything close to a feature back. He's been a top 10 back for that stretch. 
and the he only had two good games thing. I don't really. I mean, he had three games with over 100 yards rushing. He had another game where he had 83 total yards and a touchdown. So, and he had another game where he caught or he had two games or caught six passes, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I was just kind of sharing the con the the, the counter. I have him RB eight ahead of Mixon as well. It it was not two games. It was three games. I, right, eighty three yards and a touchdown games. and three catches is a good game for a running back. Uh, yeah. All right. So he had three huge games. He had one very good game. He had four pretty bad games. Although one of those, two of those bad games, he did have six catches. So not that In bad. PPR, PPR, I think he only had two bad games. That's fair. Well, he had nine points, seven points, and nine points. I I'd say three bad games. Okay. I focus on team a ton too, though, and this is a small sample. And we know the rest of the season for Arizona, as I noted, Chase Edmonds had a great game. David Johnson was productive, even while he wasn't playing well. This this is an offense with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray that seems advantageous for running back scoring. Yes, sure. if you draft Drake, get Edmonds later. Like I think that the, I think he's one of the good handcuffs to get. And I would say even if you don't draft Drake, get Edmonds later. Arizona running backs, David Johnson, weeks one through six, top seven running back. Chase Edmonds, weeks seven and eight, top seven running back. Of course, that was one huge game and one terrible game. Kenyon Drake, weeks nine through 17, number four running back in fantasy. So they were all top seven running backs in their, you know, short windows where they were the feature guy for Arizona. Okay, coming up. How can a guy who's never seen The Sopranos and hates The Wire actually give you a top five list of one-hour TV dramas? Because he's the host of the show, and that's coming up next. And that's not just my list, by the way. We're all given lists. And then we've got more emails, more of your questions on Apple Podcasts. Coming right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It is Top 5 Friday, the first ever. And we I asked people on Facebook, what should we debate? Top five. What should we do a top five list of? And TV, one hour TV dramas became the winner. So who wants to go first? Ben, you want to go first? It's your birthday. Oh, I uh, I was golfing today. I didn't really <laughs> okay. take great notes. I want to try to see if I want to steal from the other guys. All right. Dave, do you want to go first? It's Ben's birthday. I just, I, I think it's hysterical that we're going to do a top five TV dramas list where one of us barely watches TV. That's me. One of us hasn't watched The Sopranos. That's Adam. I don't know how much TV Heath and Ben watch to help cover this list, but I I, I kind of think it's hilarious that we're doing this. Oh yeah, I don't even have five TV shows on my list. I only have four. <laughs> Dave, yeah, I, I'll go I, first. I'm you, I will go first. You want me to BS it? And, no, and Heath's say, going oh, yeah, first. Steal one off off Adam or I's list, um, because like we need to all have a top five. Yeah, listen, yeah. 
I'm being honest. I have about I'm seven. All right. Okay. I just want to make sure I don't miss one. I've I watch two. a lot of TV. That's I good. have 12. <laughs> 12? <laughs> wow. Okay. So do I you want nine. my list just to get it out of the way? No, you don't have a complete list. So just listen to Heath's and steal one from Heath, and then we'll go to you, okay? So I have my I'm not going to steal a show that I've never watched. <laughs> You, you have seen several of the shows that we're going to say. You've just forgotten about yeah, TV shows, yeah, Dave, because TV has existed for a long time, and there was a point in your life where you watched more TV than you currently do. So the top five TV shows in the first division, CSI, NCIS, Criminal Minds, CSI in Miami, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Now in the non-CBS <laughs> division, <laughs> the non-CBS division, <laughs> um, those are obviously the top five best. Yeah, yeah, I had the same Probably. list. You're the same top five. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, me too. The non-CVS division. I've got Mad Men number one. Oh, that's good. I, missed, Break, I forgot about Mad Men. <laughs> Breaking Bad number two. See, I don't think it's a top five show for me. Friday Night Lights number three. Homeland number four. And Stranger Things number five. Mm, I had Stranger Things and an honorable mention. I have uh, a confession to make. As a football analyst, it seems a little un, uh, unsmart. And my wife loves it. Never watched Friday Night Lights? Yeah, me either. I saw the movie. I never, I never the really TV liked show football is shows. So much better. I always thought football shows were so poorly done in, in this, fiction. This is an excellent show that also happens to have football in it. Everyone says that. Yeah, my brother's a big yeah. football fan. He says that. And I still have never gotten around. And it's so bingeable. Like you, you can binge it. Just watch it now. It's I think it's still I think it's still on Netflix. Interesting. Okay, I've I've never seen Mad Men, so I've never seen wow. The Sopranos. I've, I've never seen Mad Men. This is I've ridiculous. One of the shows that Heath mentioned, he he dropped the names of twelve shows, and I've watched one of them. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Is that on? All your right, list? I'll give you mine now All because right, I think bad. Heath Heath filled it out. Ozark has to be on it. Are you going Game five to one? To uh, yeah, People I, don't like how Game of Thrones ended. You got to rank them, Ben. You can't just say them. What's you number rank one? Them. Number one is Game of Thrones. People don't like how Game of Thrones ended. I, I just want to be... This is this is not just uh, a TV advice. This is not just applicable to fantasy football. This is life advice. Expectations determine how you feel about things. Game of Thrones set expectations so high, but... A huge part of how they got there was because of how sprawling the world that they created was and how all their characters were doing all these different things. They had to bring them all back into one place at one point. It was destined to fail in some way or another. I hate the way they treated the White Walkers and how all that finished Like after they built it up after over all those seasons. But at least they tied most of the characters' you know, arcs with bows. and It, it was a bad ending, but... They you can't you, discount you know, how high. Like the reason we all hated the ending so much is because of how high they set the bar for so many years. That show was so good. You're right, Ben. So many they, years. They should have treated the evil flesh-eating zombies better. They probably okay, should have. For two. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Wire is two. Wire is awesome. I, I struggled with season two, like a lot of people. Season three, probably my favorite season of television. Um, I know it's like a, a cliche one, but it's that good. And I didn't watch that until a couple of years ago. I watched it way after it was dated and all the technology was dated and, and it was still amazing. I'm going to put Ozark at three. It's still going on in Toronto. I think it's the best show currently on TV. It is so good. Um, I'm going to take from Heath and use Mad Men. And I guess I'll maybe put that four. And I'm going to put Better Call Saul on this list. I think it's better than Breaking Bad easily. The, you better start um, a thread right now of Ben Gretsch bad takes. That is worse than anything I've ever said, ever. 
Better Call Saul, better than Breaking Bad. That's not even like a. It is the worst take. There's a lot of people that have have made that take. The worst take of 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 FFT history. You are out of the intro. How about how about I just we'll do a Twitter poll first. Okay. (laughs) And then uh, honorable mentions for the Americans, which I just finished. I really really liked. I just didn't think it was good enough. I'll put Breaking Bad as an honorable mention. Um, I almost was thinking about adding Man in the High Tower just because I'm a history buff and I thought that was a really interesting show. I didn't really like where they went with everything, but uh, you liked it so much you got the name of it wrong. Man in the High Tower. What is Man it? Man in the High Castle. Ah! Man in the High Castle. <laughs> Which is a very good show. It is. Well, all right. It's all right. Is yeah. that on your top five, Dave? They're in my top five. They're in my top four because it's one of the shows that I've actually watched <laughs> okay. in the last 15 years. All right, Dave, unveil your top four. Sopranos is number one for me. It's so rewatchable. It's so great. Amazing characters, layers to every single one. And you didn't know who was going to die each week. Made it fun and compelling. Uh, Number two for me is The Walking Dead. It's not nearly as good now as it was three or four years ago. Uh, I think the early seasons are definitely rewatchable. I like that show a lot. Stranger Things is third for me. uh, And Man in the High Castle is fourth. These are also the only one-hour drama shows that I've seen in the last 15 years. Okay, my list. I think you guys know what number one is for me, right? I say it all the time. My favorite show ever. Remember? It's, it's, I know it's a police show. Yeah. Um, Not on I think CBS. it's on FX. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know the name of it. <laughs> the Shield. Shield, okay. Shield's number but one. Not the not the not about like the, the superheroes. It's like a police officer shield. Correct, thing. correct. Okay. The Shield, um, Breaking Bad two, Game of Thrones three. You have the wrong Narcos on your list. Uh, you have the wrong Netflix show on your list, Ben. It's Narcos is actually slightly better than Ozark. Uh, what have, was your third one? I'm sorry. Game of Narcos Thrones. Narcos is good, but not better than Ozark. Like, I think it is, but uh, Narcos Mexico, I'm not counting. I'm counting the three seasons of the Columbia edition. The Columbia one was great. Yeah. Not better. And I, also, I like it better than Ozark. Like, it's a drama, but it's like based on a true story. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, not better than Ozark, but okay. What's five? Uh, five is The Leftovers. And I'm just saying it's the most unique show I've ever seen. It doesn't. So nobody said Lost. Some, some I've never Lost seen fans Lost. Are be mad about that. Yeah, I didn't I, really like Lost. Lost. Uh, lo- the three that I probably need to see are Lost, Sopranos, and Mad Men. The ones that I want to try again are The Wire and Shameless is great, by the way, but I've never seen it like start to finish. Better Call Saul, I kind of gave up on after three seasons. I want to pick it up again. Oh, um, oh, you know so well that Breaking Bad is better than Better it Call is. Saul, but you haven't actually I've watched three, Better Call Saul. I've seen 75% of it. Three episodes. I That's mean, such an age of tech. Three I'm seasons. I'm not on Sopranos, three which seasons. I, I started a couple years ago and I only got into like season two. I can't say it's bad. It just didn't keep me, and I didn't. I didn't stick with it. I'll probably go back to it at some point. But I'm not gonna sit here and say Spring's bad just because I, I didn't I, get I, into I the didn't show. Say better Call Saul was bad. I just said it's not better than Breaking Bad. Breaking you Bad. You didn't watch much- it. I watched three seasons. I watched a lot of it. All right. Um, Dexter, honorable mention. Sons of Anarchy. Stranger Things. Billions is great. Magic City. I only saw one of the two seasons. Magic City season one is as good as anything I've seen. But I recommend The Leftovers. It's it's unique. You don't. It's not one of those shows where people have to die for it to be good, which I think is kind of a lost art these days. So give it a shot. It's on HBO. Oh, you said Billions. I haven't seen that one yet, but it reminded me of Succession, which I, I do like. Oh, I heard very good things, yeah. Um. All right, cool. Thank you, guys. Uh, good stuff. I'm, I've almost got the consensus top five. Okay. Done. All right, well, I'll keep talking. You can figure it out. Emails I believe part- it is Breaking Bad, right. Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Sopranos and the Shield. 
Wait, what? No. Is this the shield? Stranger Things. Stranger yeah, Things? Stranger Things. You guys both. Stranger Things is fourth. And so we'll put the Sopranos fifth. The Wire. None of you guys had The Wire. I'm the Wire is is the is the boring version of the Shield. If you really want, yes, you stopped during season two and never got <laughs> no. to season three. Season one. I'm not supposed to just keep watching bad shows. Yeah, like who does you. that? I I tried Game of Thrones. If everyone says the Wire is amazing, and this is why I stuck with it because it is slow at the beginning. But if everyone says it's amazing, then you watch it. And yeah, it sounds like you know, that's what Chris Towers tries to tell me about Parks and Rec. Oh, it's Only so everybody funny. Everybody agrees. It's the so first funny. season is awful. You just have to get through the awful first season. I don't want to watch. You don't even have to watch the first, first season. season. It's first, awful. The first season, six episodes, I think. So there's that. You don't even have to watch it. You can clearly just skip season one. Parks and Rec is awesome. Uh, you're right, Ben. I do want to give The Wire another shot. I really you do. Should. I just, I was so bored watching uh, six episodes. I was like, what is the hubbub? But all right, I'll give it another shot. Season three is where you're like, all right, this is amazing. And season two of The Shield is where you it, like, that's the thing. You got to come strong in season two. I can sit through one okay season. Two seasons? Give me a break. But like, that's the thing about Homeland. And you gave up on it after one bad season, I believe, which is season three. The, the first season of Homeland might be the greatest season in television history. I mean, it's it's great. It's really up. It's there. incredible. Yeah. Second one's good, and then it goes through a one season lull, and then it has a phenomenal finish. Just don't like Carrie. Just, you give up on things. Is the problem? Yeah, I do. I have a lot of shows <laughs> out there. He, you know, I, ever since I quit soccer when I was like seven years old, I realized that yeah. giving up is so smart. You just you don't do the things that you don't want to do, and uh, and you move on to better things that are more fun. That's we have. Preliminary results with 444 votes in, Breaking Bad receiving 66% of the vote. In second place, C results at 21%. And in third place, Better Call Saul at 13%. (laughs) Okay. All right, here we go. I didn't get the Breaking Bad hype, man. It was good. I really liked it. I binged it. But I will say your point about bad uh, or slow starts or bad first seasons for anyone who hasn't seen Game of Thrones and might worry about that Game of Thrones. Oh, that's yeah. another reason it's so great. Just starts hot and stays hot. You're right. Comes out swinging. It, and the thing is, I don't think it's the best show ever because I think at times it, it sort of resorts to there's a there's a funny like Andy Samberg um, skit on SNL about it where it's just like nudity, murder. You know, it's like here's kind of a boring episode. Well, let's decapitate someone you know it's kind of resorts to that so i don't think it's the best but i it is the one that i recommend like if, if you said what's one show that you have to watch game of thrones is the most fun show that i've ever seen and visually very appealing so watch it okay now let's talk football emails part two all right you brought up on a couple podcasts this is from lewis the issue of what happens if one of your players will be ruled out last minute due to covid19 can you address ideas as to who would win the league if the season is cut short like nba or nhl say there was a second wave and they just stop the season what do you do dave i think win total will determine your winner pretty simple right points total or win total? everyone their money back your champion well if you don't want to do that if you well hold on if it's week 12 and we've been playing fantasy football for you know a dozen weeks already you're just going to cancel everything that's been done and give everybody their money back yes not crown a champion well in our leagues by at week 12 no one's actually paid yet so <laughs> it's going to be going to be hard to collect doesn't know who the commissioner is 
this okay. is tough, but we actually had it happen in our XFL league, and we just – I mean, it, it was easy enough there because I believe it was Jamie who won. He had the most wins and the most points, and it was like, all right, he won. But sometimes it's not going to be as clear and stuff. It should so be most wins. Our, uh, our, that one league where I got uh, so many points and then everybody quit. The, the multi-sport thing. Omni Fantasy. Omni Fantasy. Yeah. Did I ever get my my points? Your fake points for college basketball when they didn't play the tournament. <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, poker win. He, when he they were the consensus the number one. I will guarantee you, there's a banner hanging from Allen Fieldhouse at some point in the future. <laughs> they will claim that championship. And I can guarantee you that NCAA is going to take it away. All right. Uh, moving on. Dustin from Miami. Dear Steve, Kerry, Vince, and Ryan. This one we should get. Steve, Carey, Vince, and Ryan. Uh, I got it. Titans quarterback. You got it. Yeah, that's good. I'm in the final year of a 10-team non-PPR keeper league that resets after every third season. We keep two players from the round they were drafted in. I'm drafting eighth. So I'm keeping Devontae Adams in the third round. Who should my second keeper be? Kamara in the first. This is non-PPR. Kamara in the first, Eckler in the fifth, or Drake in the sixth? I love all the detail in this email. I think it helps determine that Kamara is the pick. I know it's not as good a value as Eckler or Drake, but you've got Alvin Kamara for a long time. No, no, this is no, this is the final year. This is just one year. Really? One year. Yeah. Then I read it. Did you read any of the details, Dave? (laughs) I know I resets after every third season. I'm in the final year of a 10 team. Uh, That's actually why I would take Kamara. (laughs) I'm going to go the other way from Dave is that sometimes it's great to have these, these later values that maybe you can hold for multiple seasons, but I don't mind throwing them away because you know, you don't have multiple like Eckler and the fifth could end up being great for multiple seasons. Right. And then you can't keep them anyway. Yeah. This could be the difference though, between what Drake and who's a, I think I do a Drake. Like there's a big difference between who you're going to get in the first and sixth in this league. But yeah. there's going to be so many keepers out of the pool. Yeah. You got to remember the first is more like the third right. and the sixth is more like the eighth. That's a so big difference. That makes me want Camara. Camara will probably be the number one pick in the redraft portion and you're not going to get him back. This dude will have two first round picks and a second round pick in this league that he can't keep after this year. Now that I've read everything, <laughs> I'm sticking with the Camaras is to keep Drake. Okay. Two Camaras and a Drake. This is Steve in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Our draft allows us to keep one player from the sixth round on for the following season. It's 14 rounds. It's PPR. It's one QB. All right. He's got uh, some tough choices here. Who are you keeping? Austin Eckler in the sixth. This is PPR. Eckler in the sixth. DJ Moore in the seventh. Kyler Murray in the twelfth. Or Kareem Hunt in the 14th. Moore. Next question. Eckler. Get out of here. What he doesn't say is, can you keep more again the following year? Or maybe he says, and I just didn't read it. I read the email twice. No, can he you didn't. keep more again because he's no, at one round. year. One year. How do you know that? Because you get to keep one player from the sixth round on for the following season. It's more, it's more Eckler, right? It has to be. So we yeah, it's vote. probably got to be Eckler. All right. Dave's breaking the ties going Eckler. This is from Kevin. Dear Nick, Ron, Randall, and Donovan. Eagles quarterback. Eagles. Mm-hmm. I've got quite the stable of wide receivers in my PPR 12-team dynasty league. 
I've got Hopkins, Tyreek, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. We start two wide receivers and two flex spots. So each week I need to decide which of these guys to sit. Which wide receiver should I trade and what kind of value can I expect in return? No one wants Julio because he's, quote, old for Dynasty. Trade Hopkins. Then I trade Hopkins, yep. Right. That's the first guy I would try and move. See what you can get for him. If you can get a good deal for him, then move him. And the second guy, and this is going to be a little weird, but if you can't get much for Hopkins, it would be Godwin for me. And I understand he's the youngest and and your your future, but this team already has an old core. You have a narrow window. Um, and I think Godwin's the one that's maybe a little bit overvalued as much as I really do like him. I, I just think so much has changed in Tampa that I, I think there's a lot of a positive expectation and you can get a lot out of him. You could get a really good running back out of him. I think. Would yeah. you at least consider seeing what you could get for Devonte Adams? Sure. Yeah. He's 27 too. I, I wouldn't yeah. mind moving him. Okay. What are we getting for them though? Like, is Joe Mixon enough? Um, he has Mixon. No, I would oh, want he does. Mixon's okay. on a contract year and might hold out, and we don't know what his next contract's going to be. He's not a guy I'm targeting in Dynasty. Um, I would, and this is going to just make Ben furious, but I would trade DeAndre Hopkins for Austin Eckler. You think Eckler's you could get got something like, extra with him? You think Eckler's got like a long term? He's got a, he's got, he just signed a four year deal. We've never seen oh, yeah. him as a feature back. Yeah, I don't know if the person who has Eckler would get would do that deal. I think they, you could get Eckler plus. They'd have to be rich at running back. Can we just be clear on his four year deal? He's already twenty five, and oh, it's wow. not. Never it's mind. not. A, it's <laughs> not even, It's not a monster deal. It's it, it's a good deal, but it could easily mean that if he doesn't carry the load well, that he ends up being the second piece of a, a committee like he was with Gordon. And it could mean that for 2020, for all we know. Yeah. Right? I think he's overvalued in Dynasty. He could very easily in 2021 be back to like a, a change of pace role. But he could also break out even more in 2020. Sure, he could. And he very well carry value for the next three years, which is what I would hope for if I had Eckler in Dynasty. Well, I mean, that's why I was saying Godwin, though. I think you could try and get like Miles Sanders. Yeah, I was going to say Miles Sanders. I don't know how everybody views him. I know on this podcast, we're a little higher on him. But I think I would trade any single one of these wide receivers for Miles Sanders, that would be the first thing I'd try to do. I think Ben would be with me on that. I don't know about David Heath. But, yeah. that's. I would not trade Tyreek or Adams for Sanders. I would probably trade Adams, but I wouldn't trade Tyreek. He's still a little younger. I I wouldn't trade Godwin either. Yeah. I I think all three of those guys would be hard sells. Adams might most likely... I'll I would probably be- draft Godwin over Sanders in Dynasty, so that's fair. I mean, it's a good point. Okay. All right, this is from No Name. Dear Derek, Bruce, Travis, and Gene. Mm. I'll figure it out. How do you feel about the friendship strategy for the running back position? I feel there are some interesting opportunities this year to make this work, especially with the rookie running back class this year and the possibility of them being behind where they usually are in a normal season. Oh, these are Lees. Derek Lee, Bruce Lee, Travis Lee, and Gene Lee? What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know what that Interesting. is. Yeah. You don't know who Gene Lee is? <laughs> I don't know who Travis Lee is. I was thinking Derek Thomas and Bruce Smith and thinking, trying to think of sack guys for Travis I was thinking, Gene. Oh, God. You I was don't thinking Derek who... Henry and Travis Henry. Huh. But I don't know Bruce Henry. I, I, I'm not Friendship reading this question. strategy for running back is fine if they're late round guys. I mean, I think there's, mm-hmm. there's certainly some opportunities, like you said. Um, 
Miami's maybe one, Tampa Bay's maybe one, where you can get two guys in like the seventh and eighth round that are both ideally one of them will emerge as a every week starter. You do it with the 49ers too. You invest in Mostert. Hopefully it doesn't cost you a top 50 pick. Probably not even a top 60 pick, but you get Mostert. Not a lot of people are hot on the trail of Tevin Coleman. And you have both those guys on your team. That's a team that loves to run the football. Bills are another one. Singletary and Moss. Bills are a great one. Yeah. Heath, we really should have remembered Travis Lee. Baseball player played for um, Tampa Bay. Remember his rookie card. Philadelphia. Eric Lee's a first baseman too. They're both first basemen, right? For in baseball, Bruce Lee was a shortstop, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gene Lee was a famous murderer. I just googled. Yeah, so I, I googled it too. Yeah. All right, uh, here's one from James. Dear Charlie D, Dennis, and Mac. Always sunny. sunny from the UK. Here, ten team super flex PPR league, six point per passing touchdown. Deshaun Watson um, as a keeper for his seventh-round pick. He has that. McCaffrey has been kept for the eighth overall pick and Saquon for the second overall pick. I have the fourth pick in the draft. If he's still on board, would you take Patrick Mahomes or should I go with one of the remaining top running backs? So he's not going to get Barkley or McCaffrey. It's a super flex. He already has Deshaun Watson. It's PPR. It's 10 teams. Would you take Patrick Mahomes or an elite running back? Take Mahomes. I always like to have a a lineup that is a differentiator the smaller my league gets. And I think 10 is small enough. Where if you've got Mahomes and Deshaun Watson starting every single week, you, you should have a pretty sweet edge over the rest of the league. This is from Luke. No penalty for the round they're drafted. Who do you pick between Deshaun Watkins, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Hopkins? Deshaun Watkins. I don't even know who that is. Did I say that? Yeah. Shoot. Deshaun Watson, Josh Jacobs, and DeAndre Hopson. <laughs> Jacobs, I know Jacobs and Hopkins. Yep. Yep. Okay. And Garrett Tuck is in a 12-team half PPR Dynasty League. Give up Miles Sanders. What? Give up Miles Sanders, Tariq, good receiver. Tariq Cohen, Michael Gallup, and a 2021 first-round pick. Better get a lot back. Ah. All right, Miles Sanders, Tariq Cohen, Michael Gallup, and a 2021 first-round pick. Get back Alvin Kamara and Juju Smith-Schuster. Fair. It's a lot, and but I really like Kamara and Juju. Yeah, I, I have, I'm updating the trade chart tomorrow. Um, I don't think that I would probably do that. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> it's really close. It's just fair. You got to have Camaro over Sanders and you got to have Juju over Gallup and I by a lot and maybe by a first. Um, the thing about Camaro, Camaro, though, is how concerned are we about this being Drew Brees's last year? And it also could be Camaro's last year with the Saints. It's possible. Sure. But like, would you take Miles Sanders over him in a startup draft? No, no. But I, I just want to bring that up. I think it's, it's closer than than it than it sounds in redraft. I agree with you, Adam. And it could look. I think it could the be only way you win on the Sanders side is if you nail the 2021 first with a wide receiver. And there's going to be good wide receivers in next year's class, but you can already get Juju, who even if he if he doesn't pan out with the Steelers and they trade him or he signs another contract somewhere else, he's going to have good appeal on that second team. I, I, I might just I be higher on Gallup with you guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get, Gallup's very good, 
but Juju is, is uh, you know, as much as he had a bad year last year, he's one of my favorite dynasty buys this offseason. He's still only, uh, what is it, 23 until November, late November. He's already done so much in his career at this point, and he was very good in college as well. Um, there's almost like no track record for a guy being as good as he was, as young as he was, and as good as he was in college, and then suddenly not being good anymore. Like there is a track record for guys having a blip like he did last year and then coming back and being good again. Like Amari Cooper is a guy that comes to my mind immediately. He was very good early in his career, very good in college, and then struggled a little bit with Oakland. Then as soon as he went to Dallas, he was very good again. I'm interested to know track record of players who like the best way to say this. You got Kamara potentially with no breeze. You've got, I don't know, a, a possibility that Ben Roethlisberger isn't on the Steelers next year. Maybe he retires. I don't know. He's getting up there. Uh, track record of, of really good players that no longer are playing with great quarterbacks. Um, so, as far as Kamara? As far as Kamara, as far as uh, any guy playing with an aging quarterback, you know, who Peyton Manning really was not good when he retired. He, was, he had a horrible final season. Like Beckham. Beckham goes from having the one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to uh, Baker Mayfield. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I don't know. I'm trying to say, like, how does the dynasty value from Michael Thomas? How is yeah. Michael Thomas's value affected by the possibility that Drew Brees isn't playing? And before you say, well, he, look what he did with Teddy Bridgewater, he, I, I feel very strongly that if he had played a full season with Teddy Bridgewater, he would not put up, have put up the same numbers, even though the pace was very similar to what he did for the full season because it was one game against Tampa Bay where he went berserk. And other than that, you know, he was he was great, but he wasn't the same as what he was with Drew Brees. Uh, so I don't know how, how you consider that in dynasty leagues and if that's a big factor for you. That's Thomas who had one game where he went berserk? So no, he, he, he was really good with Bridgewater, but it was boosted by the one game against the Bucs. I think the yeah. stat was he played six games with Bridgewater. He had 100 yards in two of them. He played 10 games with Breeze. He had 100 yards in eight or nine of them. So he, even though the pace was very similar with Bridgewater, with Breeze, I believe that if they had kept playing out the season and he didn't just have that one big game against Tampa Bay, it would have been pretty different. Still great, but pretty different. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just going to say Camaro was a lot, almost better as a receiver with Bridgewater, which I thought was really interesting. He had... Like I think three, like eight catch games, um, or maybe it's four. I'm I'm actually looking at his game log now. No, it, the last one came after Breeze came back. But um, but the overall question is, how much do you downgrade a wide receiver and dynasty? Yeah, you know, let's I think table, it's, let's, I think it's situation that. specific. I think you're right about Thomas, and I think for Camara, I'm less concerned recognizing that Sean Payton's system still operated very similarly with the high target rate to running backs. And maybe that was just Bridgewater who's similar with the underneath throwing. And maybe it wouldn't be the same with a guy like Jameis or like with Taysom. But the fact that Kamara was getting so many targets still, I felt like he could still be productive in a way that I I do agree with your take that you extrapolate Thomas to a full season. He's not the same guy, but I actually think that Kamara might be. All right. Uh, so this question on Apple Podcasts now, Ken B7891, Dynasty help needed. Hey, Tommy, Cordell, Tommy, and Ben. Oh, Terry, Cordell, Tommy, and Ben. That's Steelers QBs. Yeah, what's going on? This is a very (laughs) strange theme today. 
Uh, should I draft a running back or a wide receiver with the third pick of my rookie draft? I have Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Mostert, and David Johnson. I have Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, and Emmanuel Sanders. Wow, it's really good. Who would you take, a running back or a wide receiver? I would take a running back. Which one? Well, Assume it goes Edwards, Hilaire, and Taylor. Who are you taking? Dobbins. For the long-term appeal that he has in Baltimore. That's my pick, too. Now, if you're just dead set on taking a receiver, trade back a couple of spots. Okay. This is from Neil J. Love the show. I'm relatively new to fantasy football, but your show helped me catch up quickly. Question, should I trade Calvin Ridley for Raheem Mostert and Jerry Judy in a half PPR dynasty league? I lack running back depth. So give up Ridley, get Mostert and Jerry Judy. No. I wouldn't either. All right. This is from the Dread Pirate Roberts from a town west of St. Saint Denis? St. Denis? Don't know. Seattle. Great. Sure. <laughs> west of everything. Uh, hey, Troy, Abed, Jeff, and Annie. Another That's underrated community. show. I haven't even watched that. It's a good one. I'm the commissioner of a 14-team PPR league where you can keep one player from the previous year in the round they were drafted, provided you drafted them and kept them on your roster the entire season. You can keep the same player multiple years in a row, but the round you take them goes up exponentially. This year, I'm picking 14th in my PPR draft. I can keep McCaffrey in the first or Kittle in the ninth, and I'm at an absolute loss. This is uh, McCaffrey's last year of keeper eligibility. Woo! McCaffrey in the first, 14th overall, or Kittle in the ninth? McCaffrey. Yep. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> it's just so hard to lose with him. <laughs> like He's so good. All right, and Coach Papo says, would love to hear more auction talk. I'd like to hear your, your ideal auction teams based on a $200 budget. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Even better, Coach. We're going to do an episode pretty soon. We're just going to do an auction on the air. Just going to record it, and you'll listen to it, and hopefully you'll love it. We've done it for baseball. It's been really fun. The listeners really liked it, so we're going to do it for football. And can't wait. Whew. All right, Ben. Big birthday plans? No, actually, not really. The golf was the big plans. I'm sure my kids and, and wife have plenty more ways to spoil me. Mexican food? I'm feeling like maybe you should get Mexican food. Why? That's what I do on my birthday, typically. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, like we, we've done that before, too. I just was wondering. Like, it's a festive, like it's festive yeah, food. No. It's, it's celebratory food. It is. It's good for that. That's true. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. It's been a fun week. we got five episodes for you next week. We'll talk to you on Monday. For Dave, for Heath and Ben, I'm Adam. See ya. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.